Hey guys, this is Canadian Cannabis Update. We're a Canadian-based podcast delivering regular news updates and interviews concerning the legalization of cannabis. In this podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Alex the Chemist to talk about terpenes. If you're like me and your interest in the cannabis business is growing more and more every day that we get closer to legalization, or maybe you've just heard the word terpene and want to know just what the hell terpenes are, this interview is for you. My name is Michael Peterson, and this is your special Canadian Cannabis Update, an interview with Alex the Chemist. Enjoy. So uh, welcome, Alex the Chemist, to the Canadian Cannabis Update podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. Tell us, when did your journey with cannabis begin? My journey with cannabis started about two and a half years ago um, after university. Uh, I worked really hard in my university degree and, you know, things weren't going very well. Um, did everything right. You know, I worked, volunteered. Uh, when I got out uh, of my undergrad degree at Ryerson, looked for work and there wasn't really much out there. And for about a year and a half, I sent out 300 applications with uh, cover letters, resumes, um, trying to reach out, uh, but to no avail. And this really uh, affected me. So I turned to my doctor for some standard medications, SSRIs, anti-anxiety, and they also gave me Adderall to balance it out. And uh, I didn't really like how I felt on this. And when I was with my dad on his 50th birthday, um, he shared a joint with me and I wasn't really much into cannabis growing up. I tried it a couple times, didn't really like it. And when I shared it with him, it just lifted the depression and anxiety that I was feeling. And as a bored, unemployed chemist with the internet, I thought, Hey, why don't I figure out how this works? And so that sort of began my journey into understanding cannabis as a medicine. Nice. So why specifically are you interested in terpenes? Well, as I started diving into the understanding of cannabis and you know the science and how it actually affects us, I learned about the cannabinoids. So I focused on that much like other people. But then you started hearing little things here and there, you know, some experts and some scientists talking about terpenes. I was like, huh, what are these terpenes? Like I've I heard about them in my undergrad, but I didn't really pay that much attention to them. Wasn't really interested in, in plant science. So then when I started understanding that the different scents and 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 effects were actually majorly mediated by these terpenes, it, it I started to dial in and get laser focused on them. Can you just clarify what you mean by cannabinoids as well? So cannabinoids are the, the main psychoactive uh, compound, or at least THC is the main psychoactive compound in, in cannabis. And cannabinoids are a, a separate class of, of compounds that are unique to cannabis, hence cannabinoids. I go into this in some of my lectures and talks at conferences and talk about the connection between terpenes and cannabinoids. But that's probably a discussion for another day. So then with that being said, what exactly are terpenes? Can you kind of sum it up for us in an easy way? Yeah. So basically, terpenes are the essential oils of a plant. And most people will understand this from when they go to a company like Sage or some of these other essential oil companies that you put in your diffuser. Basically, plants make essential oils to protect themselves from, from pests, uh, from fungus, bacteria, and viruses. They use it to signal between other plants, and they use it for functions. And when we have different strains of cannabis, let's say, you have a lemony smell that's kind of like a limonene um, or, or more, of a, a more of a dank, deep smell that's most likely uh, myrcene. So different plants will, and different strains of cannabis will express different ratios of these terpenes. I've read that terpenes affect aroma, but I've also read that they also control the experienced effect of consuming cannabis in different strains. So how does that work? Yeah, exactly. So as I said, 
when you have different strains of cannabis, you're going to have a wide variety of different smells. And that's because there's over 200 terpenes that have been identified in cannabis. And different strains of cannabis will express different amounts of these terpenes. Now, there's some major terpenes out there um, that, that are more prominent, like myrcene, beta-caryophylline, linalool, just to name a few. And these affect the aroma, and, and they're, they're responsible for that smell. And how they affect the brain and the body is a little bit more complex. But essentially, the different terpenes will hit different receptors in the brain and body and elucidate different effects. What they essentially do is they modulate the psychoactive experience of the high when you consume cannabis. So if you think about this, THC will turn up the volume on your radio, but to tune in to a specific experience like the dial on your radio, we're thinking it's modulated mostly by terpenes. So what are some of the things that cannabis scientists uh, hope to accomplish through understanding terpenes in cannabis? We have so much work to do because with cannabis being illegal for so many years, even to research scientists, we haven't been able to study what these terpenes do exactly within, within the realm of cannabis. Now, terpenes are everywhere. So we have a lot of knowledge from other industries, especially botanical extracts. But when we're talking about cannabis and terpenes, we're trying to understand what they do so we can formulate. So for instance, when we look at how cannabis was consumed traditionally, we typically think of smoking joints or, or bongs or putting it in can of butter and eating it. But what I do at my company, Next Leaf Solutions, we do extractions and isolate target molecules so that eventually we can take these molecules and formulate them so that we can have specific targeted effects. So if we only want the sleepy time compounds so that you can have a specific formula, we can do that. Or if you have, you can have a formula where it actually increases your, your tension and focus so that, you know, you can have like more of a daytime formulation. And I think that when scientists are really trying to understand the dynamic between different terpene ratios, formulations are really what we're after. So for a consumer, a recreational consumer like I could be, what would I look for in terms of terpenes in cannabis? Well, I think this is a great question because typically people describe strains by names. So like, you know, OG Kush or Super Lemon Haze, uh, Jack Harara is one of my favorites. Um, so I think that when people are looking at terpenes and, and cannabis, licensed producers and other growers are probably going to start to classify them by dominant terpenes. Because you don't know if the Super Lemon Haze that you have in Vancouver or Calgary is the same that I have in Toronto or California, right? So like, you have this one name for a strain, but you know, there's all these different phenotypes out there in different ratios of those compounds. And that's actually what drives the effects. So I think that in the future, you're going to see much like when you turn the back on your soup can, you see the, uh, the label with you know, the sugar calories and all that. You're going to have different terpene contents that people can understand. It's like, oh, actually, you know, I don't really like limonene. That really, that really makes me anxious. So and then they can make better choices. I was reading uh, Tantalus Labs. They have a blog on their website, and they published an article maybe two weeks ago that we covered in the podcast, and it essentially said that whether it's a hybrid or a sativa or an indica, it's kind of irrelevant. It really boils down to the terpenes and being able to look at the plant on a molecular level, and I guess it's right then. That's exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and you know what? I think that the indica and sativa nomenclature is good for like a shorthand, it just means like, is it energetic or is it more sleepy? Is it an upper or in a downer, you know, or hybrid is like kind of 50-50 or, you know, you're trying to parse between the two. But um, like I said, I think once we go down this path, we're going to look at the terpene content and print that on the label so that people can say, you know what, 
I need some, I need to focus. I need some pining or, you know, I need to just shut my brain off. I need something with more myrosine and linalool, something a little bit more calming. Okay. So you probably already answered this for the most part, but, um, can terpenes be accurately dosed and claimed in a product? And a follow-up question to that is, um, is there a difference if you're smoking it or can, you know, eating it, ingesting it? Oh, actually. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question to answer your first. Um, yes, they can be accurately dosed. However, you will have to isolate those target uh, compounds and purify them. So then you can, you know, measuredly dose them into, uh, uh, let's say, a vape cartridge or um, an edible, let's say. Now, when you're consuming it um, via the lungs, then you're going to have a very different effect from consuming terpenes um, through the body. Now, you know, I don't know enough to to venture into that. And actually, that's a good thing to look into. What's the difference between eating terpenes and and uh, and smoking it because one thing I've seen floating around the internet is if you eat mangoes, uh, you know, about forty five minutes prior to you consume can- cannabis, because it has myrosine or high content amount of myrosine, it, it may actually affect your psychoactive experience. Now, I haven't seen any papers to um, to prove this or validate this claim, um, but you see it floating around, and that's just one of those interesting things that I think will come out of the wash once cannabis is legalized, and we'll start to see more and more you know, officially and scientific and unscientific sort of research programs on this. So, <laughs> so can it be accurately dosed then say if it's in flour, if you were to purchase it at a dispensary once it's legalized? So that's, that's a very, really tough question because um, even when you get uh, an analysis from like a licensed producer, sampling is a big issue. Uh, if you take a gram of cannabis from the top of the plant and the bottom of the plant, you're going to have different terpene and cannabinoid ratios. The plant isn't like completely even in its just distribution of cannabinoids and terpenes throughout the plant. It actually will put it more closer to the to the top, the cola, as we call it, the, okay. the terminal bud. Um, so terpenes in products as a consumer, uh, are companies now able to list the terpenes that are in them? And And for you as more of an expert than say I would be, do you have any favorite terpenes and why? Yeah, so companies are now really starting to uh, you know jump on the bandwagon, as it were, for terpenes. Um, a lot of them will put like a, a chart, uh, but not numbers. So Canopy is a good example. They have a terpography where they, they actually um, have the different terpenes that are in there, the five or six major ones, um, and kind of like a pie chart. But I'm a little bit critical to that because without numbers, you don't really know how much is in there. So you know there might be that ratio in there, but if it's so low that it's not affecting you or you can't even smell it, then it's kind of irrelevant information. So I kind of think that if they are going to print, they should have numbers. And as for some of my favorite terpenes, um, so I like more of the energetic uh, or the associative energetic terpenes like pinene, limonene is another one. And I also really like terpenaline. Uh, I've just, this is one of those ones where when I have ordered from a licensed producer and get some some analysis back, I, I always seem to really like cannabis with terpenaline in it. It's just, it's a very fragrant floral smell. And uh, it's also highly prominent in one of my favorite strains, Jack Harar. So, okay, if somebody's buying um, a legal product, say from a dispensary once legalized, um, will they be able to actually walk into a place hypothetically and ask for limoline, for example, or a product well, <laughs> that has, features limoline terpenes? Um, I think I, I'm really, I'm really trying to understand where things are going to go, especially with this uh, labeling and packaging. There's a big debate right now because currently in Vancouver, where we have um, bylaws that allow for dispensaries, uh, you can go in, you can smell the product, you can look at the product, you can ask the bud tenders about the product because they've tried it. Or, you know, at the very least, if it's come on the shelf, most dispensaries will have analysis. So they can have this informed discussion with you. Legalization, on when it comes down, 
from what I'm understanding of the debate, it's going to be in boxes from the Ontario cannabis store. I heard that they're they're not even allowed to talk about the effects um, of the cannabis. So wow, yeah, it's like I don't know where this is all going to go with respect to communication of the effect because current cannabis consumers and medical patients are so used to you know a regime of understanding their cannabis and it almost feels like we're taking a couple steps back and I hope that we can actually move a little bit forward once it comes down. Wow. Good answer. Um, okay. So I think you've opened the door a bit for those of us who are uh, interested, but not particularly knowledgeable about terpenes. I think I've got a better understanding from a fundamental level, but if someone wants to reach out to you to ask you questions about terpenes, how can they find you? Yes, you can find me, Alex, the chemist, all on word on Twitter or at Catalystic 37, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-I-C 37. Perfect. Um, this has been amazing. Thank you for enlightening me on the world of terpenes. Thank you very much. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Alex yourself, he's always available on Twitter and is ready and willing to share his knowledge on not just terpenes, but a whole wide range of cannabis-related science and data. Follow him on Twitter at AlexTheChemist. So that means that Alex the Chemist is at Alex the Chemist. That makes it pretty easy. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And as always, our next podcast is coming up just around the corner. So if you haven't already, follow me too at CanCanUpdate. That's C-A-N-C-A-N-N Update. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Canadian Cannabis Update. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. I'm everywhere. This podcast is produced by My Podcast Pal. For help with your podcast, check out mypodcastpal.com. And if you like this music, it was played by Permission. Check out the artist Dirty Doering. That's Dirty D-O-E-R-I-N-G on the Trend Mask label. See you next time. Canadian Cannabis Update is a regularly published podcast. Our goal is to find cannabis-related news that interests you, summarize it, and retell the stories in a way that appeals to interested but busy people. We do our very best to remain as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If a story interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but take the time to research the details for yourself. 